Welcome to the Movie Planet, Season 4, Episode 22. This week we're talking about 1992's Army of Darkness. With Joe. Klaatu. Mirada. And Sam. Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the bad Ash to my goody little two-shoes Ash, Sam! How Howdy. you doing? How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Week three of the Army of Darkness Evil Dead trilogy. Yes. Well, quadrilogy. The, the quote-unquote conclusion. <laughs> I'm convinced now that every time they do a movie, they're just restarting oh, it then, again. Oh, no, they just restart it again. That's <laughs> like I was explaining to Joel. It's like it's hard to, to, to kind of like go into these movies because every time they start it, <laughs> they change the origin. <laughs> Every single time. The only thing that stays the same is it's Bruce Campbell. It's Bruce Campbell. <laughs> so is it a reboot or is it just a reimagining or is it a sequel? It's it's ask. It contains things that were in the prior. Can we say that it's a sequel that tries to fix something from the past to make it work? And not not very <laughs> not well. Not very smoothly. Well, anyway, as you, as you probably know, we're doing Army of Darkness as the third film in the Raimi Evil Dead series. Uh, this is our franchise that we're talking about, the Evil Dead franchise, and whether it's worthy of the Pantheon. And uh, being that there's not too many franchises in the Pantheon, it's going in. Yeah. Uh, just a matter of where it will land. Uh, this is a spoiler-rich podcast. If you haven't seen Army of Darkness, it's best if you stop right here, watch two-thirds of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, watch the movie, and then turn us back to enjoy our discussion and analysis. But now that we've handled that business, let's get to our movie of the week. It sucked. <laughs> this week, we're talking about 1992's Army of Darkness, a rated R movie made for $11 million that raked in $21.5 million. That's more than both of the other movies combined. And it still looks like shit. It's still, it looks just as bad as if they had $4 million. <laughs> uh, directed by Sam Raimi, written by Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi. Oh, there's another Raimi brother, Ivan. Yeah. Uh, starring Bruce Campbell as Ashley Williams and Evil Ash. He plays both. Uh, M. Beth Davids as Sheila. Marcus Gilbert as Lord Arthur. Ian Abercrombie as Wise Man. Richard Grove as Duke Henry the Red. Timothy Patrick Quill as Blacksmith. Michael Earl Reed as Goldtooth. Bridget Fonda as quote unquote <laughs> as Linda. This is the third Linda we've third had. Linda. <laughs> uh, fourth we count Ash versus Evil Dead. Patricia Tallman as Possessed Witch, Angela Featherstone as S-Smart Girl, and Ted Raimi, again, Cowardly Warrior, Second Supportive Villager, Anthony, the Smart Clerk, and Skeleton Voices. <laughs> hey, way to go. That's him. <laughs> he got some Ted Raimi in there. We're going to jump into our segment called Inception to Perception. This is development. These are always interesting when it comes to Sam Raimi films. Don't get on the set, get ready to shoot, and then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. Uh, plans to make a third Evil Dead film had been circulating for a number of years, even prior to the production of Darkman. Which, did you ever see Darkman? Is this the one where 
It's very noir-esque, and there's these psychic beings. And I they, believe it was Liam Neeson, wasn't he? Darkman? No, I did not. I did not see Darkman. I'm thinking of Dark City. Dark City, okay, yeah. Dark City. I awesome. love Dark City. Yeah. Darkman, no. I've, I started Darkman, but I could never finish it, but also I saw it a decade ago. Okay, yeah. Now with your infinite patience, you could probably sit through like an hour of it. Probably. <laughs> like two-thirds of Evil Army of Darkness. Dark man. <laughs> well, Evil Dead 2 made enough money internationally that Dino De Laurentiis was willing to finance a sequel. Director and scriptwriter Sam Raimi drew from a variety of sources, including literature from A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court and Jonathan Swift's Gulliver tra- Travels, and films like The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Jason and the Argonauts, The Three Stooges, and Conan the Barbarian. Which one doesn't belong? <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead 2, according to Bruce Campbell, quote, was originally designed to go back into the past to 1300, but we couldn't muster it at the time, so we decided to make an interim version, not knowing if the 1300 story would ever get made. Promotional drawings were created and published in Variety during the casting process before the budget was deemed too little for the plot. The working title for the project was Evil Dead 3, Army of Darkness. The title, Army of Darkness, came from an idea by Irvin Shapiro during the production of Evil Dead 2. So they were like, let's not just name it a sequel again because that screwed us the first time. Let's not do that. Let's call it Army of Darkness. A little piece of me, though, wishes it was Evil Dead 3. Uh, screenplay and pre-production-wise, initially, Raimi invited Scott Spiegel to co-write Army of Darkness because he had done a good job on Evil Dead 2, but he was... Did he, though? <laughs> Did he, though? Well, he was responsible for the humor in that movie. Well, then he's brilliant. Uh, but he was busy on rewrites for the Clint Eastwood film, The Rookie. <laughs> Missed a chance there. <laughs> <laughs> After the good experience of writing the screenplay for a film called Easy Wheels, Sam and his brother Ivan decided to co-write the film together. They worked on the script throughout the pre-production and production of Darkman. After filming, it's probably why Darkman sucks, because they were too busy working on Army of Darkness. Uh, after filming Darkman, they took a, a, the script out and worked on it in more detail. Raimi says that Ivan has a good sense of character and that he brought out more comedy into the script. The whole script is comedy. Uh, Campbell remembers, quote, we all decided, get him out of the cabin. Uh, there were other- <laughs> uh, how about a uh, swirling vortex? Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> okay, sure. What the like? I guess okay. The vortex is time traveling, right? They were opened up a wormhole. Okay, but the okay. This is something I don't get. It takes place in England, right? I don't we're to assume it's England. To assume, yeah. What the redheaded fellow he's caught with is Scottish, right? Yeah, Henry the Red. Henry the Red would have been made. Would have made more sense to have him go there, and there then he's stuck in a cabin in England. It would have been funny as hell. <laughs> I would have laughed. And he's surrounded that. by British humor. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were earlier drafts where Part Three still took place there, but we thought, well, we all know that cabin. It's time to move on. The three of us decided to keep it in 1300 because it's more interesting. Campbell and Tappert would read the script drafts, give Raimi their notes, and he would decide which suggestions to keep and which ones to discard. I'd like to see the discarded ones. Yeah, that, those, <laughs> that'd be like, that'd be a good little bit of fun time. Yeah. The initial budget was $8 million, but during pre-production, it became obvious that this was not going to be enough. Where did the money go? The armor? <laughs> yeah, me. 
Uh, Darkman was also a financial success, and De Laurentiis had a multi-pitch deal with Universal, and so Army of Darkness became one of the films. The studio decided to contribute half of the film's $12 million budget. However, the film's ambitious scope and its extensive effects work forced Campbell, Raimi, and producer Rob Tappert to put up $1 million of their collective salaries to shoot a new ending and not film a scene where a possessed woman pushes down some giant pillars. Yes, there is an alternate ending to this film. I'm sure you are aware. I was not, okay. actually. Where is this alternate ending? Is it on the YouTube? It's where, it, I believe so. He goes, back, he goes back to his time, but I believe civilization has crumbled completely. But see, that would make sense because if you open the wormhole and, I mean, what's going what's gonna to close? So you read the passage yep. to open the wormhole. Right. You need to read a passage to close said wormhole. Right. With the necrocomon necronomicon 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 you need to close it so that would make sense if the world just died. Died. Yeah. Uh so look this up. Yeah, you look it up. Principal photography took place between soundstage and on location work. Army of Darkness was filmed in Bronson Canyon and Vasquez Rock, Rocks Natural Area Park. Well, it's no Tennessee, but it's not. It's, it is it is no uh, Morristown. The interior shots were filmed on an introvision stage in Hollywood. Ramey's use of the introversion process was a tribute to the stop motion animation work of Ray Harryhausen. You found it, didn't you? Yes. Okay. This is where they used front projected images with live actors instead of the traditional rear projection that Harry Housen had and others used. Introvision blended components with more realistic looking results. To achieve the effect, Ramey and 60 foot t- used 60 foot tall scotch light front projection screens, miniatures, and background plates. According to the director, the advantage of using the technique was, quote, the incredible amount of interaction between the background, which doesn't exist, and the foreground, which is usually your character. This looks awful now. Yeah. Like when he's fighting the deadites and you can tell there's a screen he's fighting against. <laughs> but they have eleven million dollars for other things. Well, let's okay. Now we get into the torture. Shooting began in mid-1991, and it lasted for about 100 days. It was a midsummer shoot, and while on location on a huge castle set that was built near Acton, California, on the edge of the Mojave Desert, the cast and crew endured very hot conditions during the day and very cold temperatures at night. Most of the film took place at night, and the filmmakers shot most of the film during the summer when the, when the night days were the longest and the nights were the shortest. It would take an hour and a half to light an area, leaving the filmmakers only six hours left to shoot a scene. Money prize. Problems forced cinematographer Bill Pope to shoot only for certain hours Monday through Friday because he could not be paid his standard fee. Mesa shot many of the action sequences on the weekend. Yeah. I, for people to sign up for these movies. I don't, it's pain. Like, you know what you're getting into at this point. There's no, there's no I only time work. for bitching. You know exactly what's going to happen. Nothing's going to change. It reminds me of the James Cameron aliens stories where he was like, and then they would have, they'd have to have an hour off for tea. Yeah. <laughs> it was a difficult shoot for Campbell who had to learn elaborate choreography for the battle scenes. Ha! <laughs> Which involved him remembering a number system because the actor was often fighting opponents that were not really there. Mesa remembers, quote, Bruce was cussing and swearing some of the time because you had to work on the number system. Sam would tell us to make it as complicated and hard for Bruce as possible. Make him go through torture. (laughs) 
my God. How are these two friends? I don't. It's just a masochist that loves it. So we'd come up with these shots that were really, really difficult, and sometimes they would take 37 takes. Jesus, why? Some scenes, like evil Ash walking along the graveyard while a skeleton minions come to life, blended stop-motion animation with live skeletons that were mechanically rigged with prosthetics and visual effects. Uh, no, I'm not going to go to the post-production here because it's just a whole mess of how do we get the rating, how do we get the money for all this. And, okay. But the music, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, who composed Score for Darkman, wrote the March of the Dead theme for Army of Darkness. After the reshoots were completed, Joseph LaDuca, who composed the music for The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, returned to score the film. The composer used his knowledge of synthesizers and was able to present many cues in a mock-up form before he recorded them with the Seattle Symphony. But uh, of the three movies, this is the tamest. Oh, this is... Yeah. Except that he just wants to torture Bruce. Well, Uh, Bruce wants him to torture him. Yeah. It's like, yeah, daddy, give me one more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king, baby. Give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> Do you remember the first time you saw this, Sam? Uh, my answer, every single time, on the TV as a kid. <laughs> just like every freaking movie we do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, this was just another one where I was home from school and flipped through <clears> the channels. My dad was making dinner. Yeah. And I believe it was this movie that I, this is the first Evil Dead I saw. But it was like it was the castle siege. Okay. Um, and I walked in and, you know, my dad saw what I was watching mm. and just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in the theaters with a friend of mine, Peter, uh, and I thought it was amazing. Uh, th- this is the first Evil Dead movie I saw. And I didn't know that there were two movies before this uh, until my uncle told me about them. And then I was thankful I hadn't seen them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I loved this film. It, in fact, in the early or in the late '90s, early 2000s, when we started, you know, everybody started having these computers in their houses and stuff. Uh, you could set up sounds and stuff for different things you're doing, mail and all that. Most of my sounds are from Army of Darkness. It's a trick. Get an X. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it right there. Let's go into the synopsis. What? What is it? This path will lead you to an unholy place. A cemetery. There the Necronomicon awaits. When thou retrievest the book from its cradle, you must recite the words Klatu Verata Nictu. Klatu Verata Nictu, okay. Well, repeat them. Klatu Verata Nictu. Again! I got it, I got it! I know your damn words, all right? Now you get this straight, the both of you. If I get that book, you send me back. After that, I'm history. This comedic horror film was a continuation of the previous film. It began with a short flashback about hero Ash Williams, again, who was being held captive in 1300 AD. He remarked, I wasn't always like this. I had a real life once. A job. He worked as a clerk at an S Mart store. Shop Smart, Shop S Mart. <laughs> and his girlfriend Linda, now played by the beautiful Bridget Fonda, had driven to the remote small cabin in the mountains, and he described the backstory. Now let's stop here. Again. Why do you bring Bridget Fonda into this film? 
Got me. This is she's in it for three minutes, yeah. maybe. That's it. <laughs> it seems in It seems an archaeologist had come to this remote place to translate and study his latest find, Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the Book of the Dead. Bound in human flesh and inked in blood, this ancient Sumerian text contained bizarre, 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 bizarre burial rites, editing, funerary incantations, and demon resurrection passages. It was never meant for the world of the living. The book awoke something dark in the woods. It took Linda. Ah! (laughs) And then it came for me. It got into my hand and it went bad. (laughs) So I lopped it off at the wrist. But that didn't stop it. It came back. Big time. (laughs) Dude, the the only thing going through my mind right now is... Hold on. Uh, When it it says it came back for him, was that supposed to be the shot from Evil Dead 2 that starts it off where it's going through the house and it goes in the front door and then attacks him? Yes. So they changed that. Yeah, also. they did. <laughs> As you were reading that, yeah, all I all I saw in my mind was, God, damn! I wish Kurt Russell was in this movie. Yes, yeah, but it got in my hand <laughs> and it went bad. <laughs> and I love how he's got the hand up in the screen and you see oh, it all yeah. start to curl. Yeah, up. just curl up, <laughs> black. Yeah. Ash was compelled to chainsaw off his own possessed hand in the living room and was then propelled in a whirling time warp with his 1973 Oldsmobile Delta 88 back to medieval times of 1300 AD. He was surrounded, captured by medieval armored soldiers and thought to be either one, the one written in the Necronomicon, he who's prophesied to fall from the heavens and deliver us from the terrors of the deadites, or two... One of Henry's men! (laughs) After his chainsaw and sawed-off shotgun were confiscated, Ash was led in shackles to the castle of Lord Arthur, where he was thought to be helping another enslaved man, Arthur's warring enemy, Duke Henry the Red, Duke of Shale, Lord of the Northlands. Sheila, the sister of one of Lord Arthur's knights, was told by Arthur that her brother had been slain in battle against Duke Henry. She personally assaults Ash, accusing him of being the murderer. My brother's death shall be avenged. As he was brought forward to a demon-infested death pit of deadites. As the pit was open, Henry exclaimed, What hell-spawned thing lurks there? One unlucky guy was thrown in first. With the sound of a splash, and now we are in an Evil Dead movie. A geyser of blood spewing out the hole. <laughs> uh, this whole beginning, let's just take this step by step. Okay. Uh, the minute he lands with the Oldsmobile, yes. you've changed this scene also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you've, you've, done, you've pulled an Evil Dead 2 already. Yes. You've already changed shit. But you also have already started to introduce quotes in this movie oh yeah such as <laughs> what kind of armor is this <laughs> when they're hitting the car <laughs> yes or uh i don't even know this asshole <laughs> look you gotta tell this guy i don't even know him i don't even know you this is one of my biggest problems in the movie this ash is not the same ash from the previous two movies no this one's cocky the previous ashes was freaking like insane he yeah. he'd gone crazy um, <laughs> but okay. They open up the pit into the pit with them. Sons of Oz. Uh, they throw the, throw the first guy in the pit. We, and what I love is you see everybody lean in to see oh, what's yeah. about to happen. 
<laughs> this is not a horror movie. No. Uh, and I, I feel like in the in Evil Dead 2, they kind of leaned into the comedy. This time, they just flew right off the highway. Oh, no. They're, they're, like, they're like wanting to lean into horror, and it doesn't work. Right. You, uh, can, you can lean into comedy if you're in a horror film. But. You mean like in Get Out? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Although Ash professed that they had the, quote, wrong guy, a rock to his temple thrown by Sheila sent him teetering at the edge of the pit where he was then pushed in. Ash battled to survive against the first pit deadite who leapt out at him and repeatedly punched him in the face <laughs> until Lord Arthur's wise man tossed down Ash's confiscated chainsaw weapon and he was able to lop off the deadite's head. I love this scene. Hoorah. I love this scene because now you know. If, if, it's, if it wasn't clear before. It's very clear. This is a comedy. Oh, yeah. It's, there, 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 there's nothing remotely scary about any of this. The editing is awful. Awful. Uh, there's um, a, the, the shot where the hand flies up, goes up the middle of the tunnel, but for somehow gets on somebody's face. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the spikes uh, collapsing. Oh, they, they change. They, they constantly change <laughs> the length of which they are closing in on, which is fantastic. Yeah. And then... Yeah, the Deadites aren't even scary at this point. But you also do get some Sam Raimi-isms. You get the geyser of blood. You get the, the tracking shot of the arrow True. flying through, yes. uh, which is, you also see again with the fork later, with the little lash. God, <laughs> like, that's, that's right. Dark. Yeah. <laughs> I love ah! little lash. <laughs> uh, a second threatening Deadite was impaled by a spike wall as Ash pulled himself up to the rim of the pit and then challenged Lord Arthur and anyone else Who's next? Who's next? <laughs> you want a little? <laughs> like, let's be real. That would I would say some shit like that. That's what I love about this movie is that this is exactly how somebody in the 20th century would say things in 1380. Oh, yeah. hey, come on, come on, little bitch, let's go. <laughs> Who wants some? You want a piece? You want some? <laughs> huh? <laughs> Do you? Do you? <laughs> Are you feeling lucky, punk? <laughs> uh, he ordered Duke Henry and his men freed and to take some horses and flee, and then used a sawed-off shotgun to shoot off the tip of Lord Arthur's sword. Sword boy! <laughs> <laughs> and describe what he does to sword boy. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to let you do that. All right. He get, the sword boy kneels down. The knight grabs a sword and then kicks the sword boy away to pull the sword from the sheath. <laughs> Holds up the sword and then we hear the boom. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read this part? You can do this. This is my boomstick. It's a 12-gauge double-barreled Remington. S-Mart's top of the line. You can find this baby in the sporting goods section. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Shop smart. <laughs> Shop as smart. He told his odd audience after holding, holstering his weapon on his back, now let's talk about how I get home. He really sold that 12 gauge. Oh, yes, he did. He did. Uh, let's see if I got a, a little clip of it here. I don't have that one. I don't have. This is my boomstick. Oh, what? I, That's like your top. I know. I, I'm really disappointed in myself right now. Here, take the time. It's I, worth. It's worth it. I say to the pit with him. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so now 
Airway's happy. He saved everybody from the deadite by throwing the shotgun to his back and blowing the... Uh, no, no. He turns around and he shoots the deadite into the pit. Right? No, I thought he put it over his shoulder in that he hasn't. Way. He hasn't done that yet. He hasn't done that yet? No, no, no. This is where he, now he's treated like a hero and a king. Okay. He's on the couch. He's being fed grapes. <laughs> and he's eating those grapes in a really gross way. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stem he's There's pulling into of, those things. Yeah, he's really going after them. He's got a big-ass turkey leg. He's, got, he, he's burping. It, this is, you know, it, he's it, being treated better than he's probably ever been treated before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Sheila the, now walks up to him, kneels down, is begging Sheila. for forgiveness. Although he is a bit wary. Uh, let's see if I got that one. <laughs> I, I should have put these in alphabetical order. It would have been so much easier. Oh, God. Oh, there it is. First, you want to kill me. Now, you want to kiss me. Blow. Blow what? <laughs> Blow off? Blow me? me. Blow Blow away. <laughs> Uh, the wise man informed Ash that only the unholy book, the Necronomicon, had the power to send him back home, but only you, the promised one, can quest for it. When confronted by another old hag pit bitch deadite, played by a guy. Nice. Yeah. Uh, that attacked several guards and screamed, You shall never obtain the Necronomicon! Ash first challenged... Oh, there we go. Yo, she bitch. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and, and then vanquished it by shooting the monstrous creature over his shoulder with his boomstick. Now, let's stop This here. was my first laugh out loud moment. <laughs> Which part? This is my favorite. No. Yo, she bitch. <laughs> let's go. This fight is awesome if you look at everything in the background. I th- like this. He's Ash is the Elvis of action heroes. I agree. He's the king. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> but there's a scene where... Like he throws the, you know, she's got the big pot of water and she tosses it at him and it hits one of the knights and you hear the knight yeah. go, oh, I'm my blind, eyes, I'm blind, I'm blind. Oh, Jesus, I'm blind. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's punches thrown, punches thrown, and then he turns around, grabs a shotgun, puts it over his shoulder. Yes, is the over the shoulder. Shoots him, puts it back in. <sighs> yes. But even better Within seconds of that shot, the old man walks right into the scene and goes, <laughs> if the Necronomicon <laughs> fell into the hands of the Deadites, all mankind will be consumed by this evil. Like it never happened. <laughs> I remember that. Just, just waiting for the cue from Sam Raimi. Okay. To your mark. And if the Necronomicon out of my hand, Oh my god! Totally unfazed. Yeah, it's it's almost Wes Anderson. Yes, it's so. <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> Just it's Cohen <laughs> Brothers. Wes Anderson. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, the wise man further warned Ash if the number. Oh yeah. Ash still was determined to quest for the book to return home. He constructed a mechanical armored metal glove to take the place of his lopped off right hand, proclaiming, uh, "Groovy." Where did he get these skills? Number one, where did he get the skills? Number two, where did he learn how to attach nerve endings and ligaments <laughs> from the arm to the hand? S- said iron hand. <laughs> well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> 
look, I mean, look, you got the sales, but I'm sure S-Mart didn't teach you how to be a surgeon, engineer, chemist, chemist. <laughs> uh, like, I get that we are brighter today on average than your 1300 AD person, well, but we don't know certain things still. Well, it's just like in um, uh, the beginning in Evil Dead 2, it's like when he jumps up for the chainsaw when he's in the pit, it locks in. Yeah. <laughs> How? Because it was strapped to him in Evil Dead yeah, 2. Yeah, it, it made sense. Yeah. In fact, didn't didn't it have like the... The, the uh, cord. The, the pull yeah. cord. Yeah. yeah. So he just did... Chum. <laughs> Uh, so, okay. Uh, whatever. You yeah. know what? Whatever. Pre- sure. This is another, what, how many suspensions of beliefs do you need in this film? <laughs> so they're prepared to re- for the retrieval of the book. Now that he had been proclaimed the promised one, Sheila had a romantic interest in him. Uh, and he succumbed to a kiss from her <laughs> first by insulting her. You know, what were you born in a barn? You probably were born in a barn. The rest of the primates. <laughs> she, she knits him a lovely blanket and he goes, Good, my horse needs a horse blanket. <laughs> she slaps him, and he walks on over to her at the door. Give me some sugar, baby. And I'm assuming they get bitty. <laughs> it was just pillow talk, baby. I, I really hate Sheila in this movie. Oh, she's awful. <laughs> she's she's so horrendous. Bad. And I, I don't know if she's done anything else beyond this movie, honestly. Um, I feel like you do any of these movies, and you're just doomed. The only one that's like still hanging on is Bruce. <laughs> Uh, the next day, Ash started his search for the Necronomicon in an unholy place, a cemetery, where the wise man instructed Ash to recite three magic words to retrieve the book. Klaatu, Barata, <laughs> We're not going to make up any words. We're just going to steal them from the day of the, the Earth stood still in 1951. <laughs> Wait, what? Th- yeah. In 1951, those are the words that would stop uh, the robot. Seriously? Yeah. Klaatu, Barata, Nikto. Yep. Wow. That's, you know what? <laughs> that just bumped the grade up a little bit. <laughs> As he rode through a haunted forest, he was pursued by unseen evil forces. Hey, welcome back. This may be the best part of the entire film. The horse chase? Horse chase windmill, leading up right? to the windmill. Yeah. And cemetery. Uh, although it's still poorly edited because it's like right on, his, on the horse's ass. Oh. And then he falls off the horse and it just... Uh, it pauses. Uh, <laughs> uh, shit, he wasn't supposed to fall. Go, 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 go. Okay, go, I'll catch him now. Uh, yeah. He, uh, after seeking refuge in a windmill, he crashed into a mirror, and the tiny reflections of himself in shards of shattered glass emerge. Little ashes! Little ash holes. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I never even saw these assholes before! Yeah, well, they weren't on the other movies. Um... The many versions of himself mischievously fought against him, and he fell on a hot stove where he had to lever off his face with a spatula. When he slipped and fell, they tied him up Gulliver's Travel style. Uh, Let's see. Okay, we're not. Yeah, we've got the nail. Yes, which hurts every time I see it. And we just did Home Alone. Oh, nice. Another nail movie. (laughs) But. Everything Ash does in this scene, I feel as though he's fighting the Three Stooges and he's losing. Oh, for sure. This is very Three Stooges-esque. But his head goes on a hot stove. There's no burn marks whatsoever. No. For some reason, there's a spatula in 1300. (laughs) But who cares? He has a metal hand. Exactly. Uh, That can crush Mm -hmm. clay, it looked like. (laughs) 
<laughs> they even look like metal, like clay. Uh, after swallow, okay. So he wakes up, Gulliver's travel style, tied to the floor. After swallowing one of his own pixie shard piece reflections when it's dove down its throat, which again, another awful effect. <laughs> Two guys pressing against something invisible while a projection screen behind it shows them pressing his nose. Uh, now we get arguably my favorite quote in the whole movie. Okay, little fella. How about the black chocolate? <laughs> that is the Evil Dead from Evil Dead Two. That is the yes. Ash. That's yes. something Ash and Evil Dead Two. Yes, do. he's. This is like it's a throwback to the second one. He's like losing his sanity again. Mm-hmm. But you don't know if he's losing his sanity because obviously he's not. But at the same time, he's fighting little ashes. <laughs> but yeah, he's so he's lost it to where he's pouring boiling water down his throat. <laughs> hot chocolate. Hot chocolate. How about some hot chocolate? <laughs> yes. And then you hear the screams of the little ashes. <laughs> and then he gets an itch. An itch on his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, it, was, it was sprouting a head from his own shoulder and emerging as a full-size doppelganger clone. Uh, the shot where he pulls the shoulder off and you see the eye blinking creeps me out all the time. I think that's where all the money went. That one shot right yeah, there? that one one. But it's amazing how fast this happens. He runs oh, out yeah. the windmill and there's a head popped there's a head out. Popped out. There's a moon. They have to howl at the moon for some reason. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Only makes sense. <laughs> then there's a scene where they're crab walking together. Uh, and now this was the metal hand side. Yes. <laughs> so why didn't it take the metal hand with them? They both had metal hands. Evil, evil knows no rules. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> he engages in a fight with it, ending when he shot at his own evil double self and declared, "Good, bad." I'm the guy with the gun. And it started with Evil Ash mocking him. Yeah. I'm bad, Ash. And you're, you're good, good Ash. You're goody little two-shoes. You're goody little two-shoes. Goody little two-shoes. <laughs> good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. I bet Bruce. I, I bet Bruce did that line, and I bet he was so proud of it. Oh, I bet he was too. <laughs> he then chains the clone to a table and dissects it with his chainsaw before burying the pieces. As he threw the chopped up remains of himself into an open grave that he had just dug, his decapitated head spoke: "You shall never retrieve the Necronomicon. You'll die in the graveyard before you'll get it." And then Ash responds with, "Hey, you got something on your face, huh?" Now, there's a cut-off part there. He actually, after he throws the dirt on his face yeah. and that comment, in the theatrical, he just keeps shoveling dirt on it. And then in the uh, other version, he goes, see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought would have been even better. But they needed to put that in there. <laughs> you got something on your face. Huh? Where? <laughs> see what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> He rode to the cemetery where the Necronomicon was allegedly located at the graveyard. Um, at the graveyard in a Let's Make a Deal Not parody. very well hidden or kept. No. 
Mm-mm. Just people don't like to go there. I apparently. figured it'd be like a castle. A dungeon? A dungeon. A cave, perhaps. Maybe a cave with a wizard, you know. Just a well-lit area. Yeah. <laughs> On a hill. But the Let's Make a Deal parody, he faced a dilemma regarding three lookalike books and chose the wrong one. Hold it. Nobody said anything about three books. Oh, that's stinking wise man. He's so busy filling me full of his secret little words and his phrases and his baloney that he never said anything about this. <laughs> now, it should be noted before this scene, before he leaves the wise men, they make him say the words like two or three times. And Ash just wants to get the hell out of there. He's like, I got it. I got it. I'll get your damn words. So he gets there and he picks the first one. He chooses one. I don't know. He chooses the first one, which is wrong. And that's some book that's like a black hole. And it sucks him, it vacuums him into the book until he had to literally pull himself out with an elongated face. I love the effect, honestly. Oh, it was great. It's like Beetlejuice. What's funny, I believe, though, is that the the third time he does that, that is an actual actor right there. I believe that's Bruce Campbell's actual stunt double. And then they go to Bruce. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Because I was like, oh, it's still plastic. No, that's an actual actor, apparently. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. Uh, the second wrong... He's got a long face. Yeah. The second wrong book choice caused the enraged book to attack and flap at him like a bird. This was <clears> the <throat> first scene I ever saw. <laughs> was it not the, not the, uh, uh, the vortex. Yeah. It was the book biting him. Okay. This was the first scene I ever saw of this movie. And uh, he, he throws the book on the table and goes, I'll get back to you later. <laughs> it's like, you'll get what you're... Once I'm done with this, you're going to get it. But this is, this is where it gets ridiculous because it was now obvious that the third book was the correct choice, but he had to remember the exact words. Why didn't he say them before with the other two books? <laughs> why does he have a metal hand? Why is why does he do things he does? Where does he get all these shotgun shells? Why Nobody do knows. Birds suddenly <laughs> appear. Uh, it, okay, so when he delivered an incorrect magical incantation before opening the book, forgetting the final word. Klaatu, Mirada, <laughs> okay then. <laughs> Okay, then. That's it. That's it. I did it. <laughs> I, I said them. <laughs> but I love it how he's doing it. He goes, oh, necktie, nectar. I know it's an N-word. It's definitely an N-word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, a skeletal deadite army of the dead, uh, similar to Ray Harryhausen's, uh, Jason the Argonaut's uh, skeletons, was unleashed and emerged from the ground. They rose from the grave sites, grabbing at him with skeletal hands and arms. Ash grabbed the book, raced for his horse, and rode back to the castle in panic. Get your filthy bones out of my mouth! <laughs> uh, there's the... He gets thrown to the ground, and the skeletons start poking at him with their skeletal hands. And at one point, they go to do the, I'm going to poke both your eyes yeah, out, two-finger salute. Up, and then he two... Sticks, <laughs> they come in the other side yes. to get him. It's like, oh, come on. And then he sits... He has this look into the camera of, ah! And you see, like, eight <laughs> hands all over the place all punch him in the face at the same time. Yep. <sighs> it's... It, this slapstick. is... This is... Yeah, see, <laughs> one of... Uh, um, 
my bottom three for this movie. Yeah. Is that it gets too kitty. Yes. And this is, this is where the, it begins. Mm-hmm. This is the first. You're pissing me off, you ugly bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they had me until this started happening. And this is where I usually turn the movie off because when I was a kid, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Like I'm going to keep watching it. Skeletons, people fighting skeletons. Oh yeah. As an adult, you're like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, she bitch. <laughs> Come get some. Come get some. Where? Two. Right here. I'll swallow your soul. Come get some. Yes. <laughs> Lightning struck Ash's doppelganger grave double, causing his body to rise up from its grave. I live again. <laughs> His resurrected zombie self united the deadite army of skeletal soldiers and prepared to lead them in an attack. Back at the castle, Ash presented the wise man with the Necronomicon and demanded to be sent to his own time, but was told that everyone was doomed because he had mispronounced the words at the incantation and awakened the army of the dead. Quote, the evil has a terrible hunger for the Necronomicon and it will come here to get it. He realized he was being looked upon as a cowardly traitor by the medieval people and that they, should, that they would be killed, even though he could save himself. After hearing that Sheila still had faith in him as the people's savior, uh, the good Ash, the promised one, began to be persuaded to unite the medieval people to fight and defeat the skeletal deadite army, especially after Sheila was grabbed and kidnapped by a winged deadite and flown back to the cemetery. There, Ash's evil doppelganger, repulsive zombie self, attempted to kiss Sheila. Oh, be honest, he raped her. He used the same line, give me some sugar, baby, and caused her to become a deadite. She bragged, I may be bad, but I feel good. (laughs) Ash challenged the 60 fearful remaining and reluctant medieval soldiers to courageously remain and fight with him when he dared, I'm through running. Actually, he says this first. Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. <laughs> I'm through running. I say we stay here and fight it out. And Q. He's a man who's gonna benefit. He's a man. Is, it, is this the Mulan soundtrack now? Yes. <laughs> they do the exact same stuff. They're they're pra- they're practicing with bow staffs. Yep. With Ash looking down and training them ha, with all of his combat he, knowledge. Ah. Yes. All of his combat knowledge. He's making gunpowder, and the yes. wise man holds the gunpowder over the, the candle. He's like, no, 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 you're not, if you're still watching this movie, you're watching it purely for entertainment value. There is no massive story here. Ash used the contents of his car's trunk, a chemistry 101 textbook with instructions, to make explosives, then attach them to arrows, and outfitted his car with a steam powered chopper blade on its front to mow down the Deadite army of the evil Deadite clone leader. Huh, I didn't know they had steam power in the 1300s. I had no idea. Uh, Duke Henry's men arrived to help bring victory as the almost vanquished forces of Lord Arthur struggled to fight off the skeletal soldiers and protectively defend against the taking of the Necronomicon book. In a hand-to-hand fight with a deadite Sheila, Ash told her, Honey, You found me beautiful one. Honey, you got real ugly. <laughs> Ash also engaged in swordplay against its own clone who quipped after having its decayed flesh burned off, I got a bone to pick with you. (laughs) 
But you notice that the skeleton face is... Scarier is, than anything they've done with him before? Well, I was going to say, is similar to the poster of Evil Dead 2. Yeah. I wonder if that's what the, the inspiration was, because it's got the eyes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the skeletal clone falsely claimed that it had acquired the book just before being catapulted into the sky and exploding into hundreds of pieces. For some reason. With victory, Sheila returned to her normal self and hugged Ash. Okay, I'm going to vent here. Well, that's just what we call pillow talk, baby. <laughs> <laughs> vent away. What the f***? <laughs> this is that Pat Oswalt, like... Uh, what, what are you doing? Where were you going with Where this? Where were you going with this? You come up with a villain, negative Ash. Yes. Bizarro Ash. Bizarro Ash. <laughs> bad Ash. Hey, bad Ash. Hey, bad Ash. He's a bad Ash villain. Groovy. <laughs> um, you have this villain. You have an army. It's not darkness, but it's, it's comedy at this it's, point. It's, it's army of, well, goofy skeletons. Dusk. Dusk. <laughs> sure. You couldn't have made the final battle between Ash and bad Ash. It should have been. Somewhat entertaining. Yeah. It's that it's just, it's awful swordplay. It's awful dragon heart. <laughs> it's swordplay that we played when we were kids in the backyard. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that's when I laughed about like, Bruce had to remember <laughs> intricate choreography. My, I didn't see it. Where? <laughs> but you like, that's the most kiddish thing is to like, like I, I would uh, like uh, playing with friends of mine. Like that's just something I would come up with in my imagination to get rid of a bad guy. <laughs> oh, we have a catapult all of a sudden. We're just gonna launch him and he'll explode. <laughs> How does he explode? Gunpowder. From where? An arrow. There was no arrow. He just got launched. Oh no no the fuse. There was a fuse lit on that. On what? On the catapult. On the catapult itself. No, no, no. On the catapult. And the thing in the catapult. There was something in the catapult that was there already. It was a bag of gunpowder, and there was a fuse attached to it. Either way, <laughs> you're really, like, he was already dismembered and buried. Why yeah. would that kill him? Well, now the pieces are all over the place. Right? So, why would that kill him? And dust would evaporate into the air, right? I'm trying to help out here, okay? I don't know. I don't know the this, answers. You had, I don't know! You had such potential... And you waste it. Don't touch that, please. Your primitive intellect wouldn't understand alloys and compositions and things with molecular structures in the... <laughs> okay, fine. Ash, I'll leave it alone. I don't know why any of this happened. This is... You're right. You have every reason to vent it. This is awful. Like you, had, you had it. You had such potential and you ruin it with this castle siege. It's so bad. It's so <laughs> bad. You had skeletons like... Oh, I got him. I got him. Oh, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? <laughs> it's like you have Army of Darkness, but you don't even make it like somewhat scary. Yeah. Like have have it be raining out like, and they windmill, come out of the mud. Windmill Cemetery, amazing. Amazing shots. Amazing like I love the mini ash fight. It's so entertaining. I want to see this movie without comedy at all. And see what it would be. Yeah. Cuz that would be awesome. Yes. N not to say that this movie isn't awesome, but that would be legitimately awesome. Yes, <laughs> for sure. 
the two former enemies, Lord Arthur and Duke Henry, also hugged each other in a gesture of peace. We're brothers, and a new kingdom shall be born. That's, that's sweet. Nobody cared. In the film's conclusion, Sheila kissed Ash farewell before he returned to his own time after he drank a potion and recited the three words exactly. And now we're back to the good stuff. And can we just say, you didn't need the book for that. He drinks a potion and, and he recites three words. Goes. <laughs> yeah. What's the point of them having necronomicon? Is ne- necronomicon. Necronomicon. Isn't this like the Wizard of Oz, though? Like, you don't need the you shoes. You don't need anything. <laughs> like, but I guess they hide the book. But, okay, they hide it in the castle. In the castle for the... But then the professor later on finds it. Yeah. So what would happen? See, and then you come up with this paradigm to where, well, Ash, if you didn't touch the f- book, you might have been like zapped back because you wouldn't have started the cycle. You wouldn't have. Well, technically, you would have changed time. If we want to go for the sake of continuity here, he wasn't the one that grabbed the book. It was his friend who grabbed the book and started playing all that crap. Oh, that's right. Remember? Uh, well, Evil Dead Two changed that, but Evil Dead. <laughs> so, sorry. Which origin are you talking? <laughs> Which the beginning? The first one, the second, second one, one, or the, the third, third one? one? <laughs> Which beginning? Let's make this clear. Oh, God. This is, the, you know, the, for continuity's sake, this trilogy of films is a f- train one wreck. of the worst. It's just a train wreck. <laughs> if this was a trilogy and we were grading as a trilogy, it'd probably be a D. <laughs> oh, I'd give it a hard F. And maybe an F? I'd give it an F. Okay, D minus F. Yes, no. Perfect. Passable things. The line. There are passable things. Yeah. There are passable scenes. Passable camera work. But <laughs> Jesus. <I know. laughs> As a trilogy from point A to point C, we have they, they go to A every single movie instead of just continuing along. Yeah. It's it's like a, it, we did Home Alone. It was like when Buzz is talking the three reasons why he's not ex- he's not worried about uh, Kevin. He's like, well, one, and then he goes B, D. <laughs> uh, okay, so he's sent back to his job at S Mart. He's relating his incredulous tale about his adventures in medieval England to a bored coworker played by Ted Raimi, and to a sexy redheaded coworker played by Angela Featherstone. Hey there. They offered me the chance to lead them, to teach them to, to be king. But presumably, he hadn't pronounced the words properly to return to his own time. Suddenly, a she-demon deadite attacked him in the housewares department. Is that why? Yes. Because he didn't recite the words right. Yeah, because he says, he, they asked me, well, did you say the word? Ted goes, did you say the words right? He goes, oh, basically. <laughs> I thought he was talking about at the cemetery. <laughs> to save his pretty coworker from harm, Ash threatened with a shotgun... Lady, I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. <laughs> Name's Ash. Housewares. <laughs> then she says, I'll swallow your soul. Come get some. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really have to just bite the bullet and get stars and just binge. It's so good. Because this is, this is the evil dead that I love. Uh, the impressed co-worker embraced Ash as he mused in voiceover. Sure, I could have stayed in the past. Could have even been king. But in my own way, I am king. Hail to the king, baby. (laughs) And that's the end. Yes. Yes. Now, according to our good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato made reading of 72%. The critics, on average, gave this film a 6.9 out of 10. (laughs) Okay. 
Look, you take out the castle siege, and I'll give it that. Yeah. Uh, the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave this film, is a 3.8 out of 5, with 87% agreeing it's a 3 or higher. Uh, what do you Honestly, think? Honestly, <laughs> uh, I think that's generous. Yeah. Now, okay, did the awards get it right? Well, it didn't win any. So yes, what do you think? Absolutely correct. <laughs> absolutely right. There was not a damn thing about this that was <laughs> deserved anything. All right. So what do you think after watching this film, Sam? <laughs> this movie's rad. This movie's just rad. Um, it's the castle scene that just bugs the shit out of me. Yeah. It's still awesome. It's still awesome. It's, and I can't wait to rewatch this on stars. Uh, <laughs> like this, the, the beginning, the windmill, the cemetery, and then the end got me pumped up and like, I'm going to get stars for a little bit. Okay. On to our next segment titled top three, bottom three. This is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes that we like in this movie. And then we choose three things we dislike about the film and or that we find the weakest. We'll start with the top three. Sam, what are your top three? First is ash versus little ashes <laughs> that scene is just it's the it was one of the it took one of the best parts of evil dead 2 mm -hmm. and transitioned it into the next movie and it looked great um some of the effects were really bad but that scene in general in that fight was just fantastic it was just so gulliver it was just like so dark and twisted gulliver travels in 1992 it looked amazing yeah yeah um and it was hilarious but it wasn't slapstick. It wasn't like trying too hard. My fair lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just mocking him. It's just that it was just like um, the the lamp and the deer. It's just it's mocking him. Mm -hmm. So it's just like it's questioning his sanity. Which I love that uh, <laughs> from the second one. Number two is all of his one liners. <laughs> every single one. His boomstick speech is just fantastic. <laughs> but just every time it's like, give me some sugar, baby. <laughs> Hail to the king, baby. Come get some. Um, just every... He's just such a great hero. He's a one-liner king. Yes. Like, yeah. there isn't anybody yeah. better in a movie when it comes to one-liners. No. And then the middle section and the very end is the best. Just, the like I said, the windmill, cemetery, and yeah. the very end. It's just so good. Okay. Uh, mine, my number three was the one-liners are what people know Ash for today. Uh, that's the Ash that we know. We don't know him for Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. We know him for Army and Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, my number two is, again, just like you, Ash versus the Little, ash, little Ashes. Uh, but my number one is not just the boomstick speech. It's how he speaks to everybody. Because as a teacher, I have uttered this line before. Now I swear. The next one of you primates even touches me. <laughs> i have said that and my kids are sitting there going what's that from i was like when you're 18 when you'll you're find 18, out, you'll find out. <laughs> but i love everything he delivers in this film like every oh, line he delivers until he's evil ash because evil ash that's when he's like okay you can ham it up i'm like you're already hamming it up with ash you're good any further and you're truly pork yep um, okay, bottom three. Time to vent, and boy, could we oh, ever. God. Sam, go for it. All right, number three, besides Ash, there's no sidekick. <laughs> there's no characters worth mentioning at all. No. <laughs> like, in the in Ash, uh, the Evil Dead video game, 
you have this little imp of a sidekick who like takes just the, the worst beatings, but he's hilarious <laughs> and he works well. And it's, it's a shame it was through a video game yeah, and not this movie because it would have been perfect. A little Gollum-esque guy to be like kind of the comedy, horror, like dark attachment. There was nobody. No. <laughs> nobody worth mentioning at all through this entire film. And you also had the one of the worst villains. The, sorry. One of the w- most wasted potential villains. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Number two. Where the hell did he get any <laughs> knowledge of anything outside of Smart? War training, bow staff training, sword training, engineering, chemistry. Any knowledge of anything. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know all that was in a chemistry 101 book. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Making a steam-powered engine. Yeah. How come he couldn't do any of this shit in the cabin? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then, number one, it just looks awful. (laughs) It's just... Like, where the hell did all the money go? I don't know. We've asked, we've asked that for two movies now. The only movie we didn't ask that for was the first one. Yeah. Because we were like, they really did a lot on that budget. <laughs> and then uh, the last number one is, at times it gets too kiddy. Yeah. And they should not have took it, taken it there. Yeah, I agree. Especially during the cast sheets. That's just, it turns into a PG action film. Mm-hmm. For my number three, it seems like every time they spend more money on an Evil Dead film, it actually looks worse. <laughs> uh, they did better with a crew of 15. Yes, they did. Than they did with Hollywood involved. Uh, so my number two is, oh, so Ash is a master engineer and chemist now. All right. Not bad for housewares. And my number one, why is Bridget Fonda in this movie? She's in it for the first three minutes and maybe has 15 seconds of screen time. Maybe that's where the budget went. (laughs) Hey, get Jane Fonda's daughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which after watching, I was like, I don't see the resemblance at all. Okay. Now, who is the audience for this movie, Sam? Okay. um, I think you, your response is going to nail it. Okay. Um, I don't know if you want to go first and I can just yeah, I can. piggyback off that. Okay. I said horror fans who want some lighter fare in their diet. If horror is Coca-Cola, this is Coke Zero Sugar. Same Coke taste with no calories and no sugar. Yes. So <laughs> you pretty much nailed it on the head. Yeah. Um, I think the audience for this is goofy 80s action movies, even though this came out in the 90s. Um, <laughs> it's so Big Trouble in Little China-esque. And I, I love, why I love it. I love that movie. So I love this movie. Yes. Okay. Time for the movie report card. A, B, C, D, F in the horror film genre, Sam. Oh, pause. Give it a C plus. I a think C that's plus. fair. Okay. C plus for you. So it's, it's not average. It's slightly above average. And that's only because of the one liners and the hero. Yeah. Because if you didn't have that, this would be a, F. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a B minus. Okay. Uh, this movie is not a horror movie unless you're under the age of 10. Now, I get, okay. So your average kid under I, 10. I, I keep just running back to the castle siege. This like, that's, it's just so bad. I keep going back to it. Uh, however, it is a horror comedy. And of the three evil dead Raimi films, 
Uh, this is the funniest of them all. In oh, the original, sure. the Evil Dead, the silliness came back came from the lack of funds and the eventual campiness of the entire project. In Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, Raimi leaned into the silliness more than the horror and made a true horror comedy. In Army of Darkness, I'm pretty sure Raimi wanted to make a comedy first and a horror second. Yeah. Uh, and he did. Anyone who has, saw, who has seen this movie as a teenager loved it. It is quotable. It is hysterical. But there are some massive issues here that I cannot let nostalgia forgive. <laughs> the film editing is atrocious. From frame to frame, there are continuity errors. Bruce Campbell's Ash is not the same Ash we've seen in the previous two movies. He's more suave and less sure of himself. Hey, they, they changed the origin, so what does it matter? Yeah, well, and he's a cocky hero. Yeah. In the previous movie, he had completely lost his shit. Now he's completely sane again. The previous two movies, The Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, I gave a C- and a B- to, respectively. The movie proved one thing, and that is Raimi cannot just direct horror, but comedy also. This is a fun romp if you are into medieval movies and you want to see a twist on it. The idea of a 20th century man going back in time to the 1300s is probably exactly how this would be done. The way he speaks and the way he carries himself amongst the primitives is spot on. So I have to give this a B minus. Uh, it's not scary. For 38-year-old me, but it's definitely worth the time if you enjoyed Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Yep. It is better than average, which I think we both agree it's better, it's better than, than average. average. <laughs> yes. I, I usually don't watch average movies again. I watch this movie again. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we get into this because we could sit here and tear down a movie. Like I, I tore down Home Alone a little bit. I gave it a B plus and I got looks like I was going to you know, go to hell for I that. I think that's a very fair. Um, but uh, now the enjoyability factor. Yeah. This movie comes out on Blu-ray. You got $30 in your hand. Do you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it? Can I buy it with a collection? Yes, you can. I'm going to buy it with a collection. Yeah. Uh, this not worth 30 bucks to me, to me personally. Okay, so you'd bin it then. Well, no, if it comes in the collection... Okay, let's let's get the collection piece out of it because if it's collection, then like otherwise you're stuck with Alien Three and the Aliens collection. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, I know I've asked this before. Bin it. That means yeah, you were you kind of enjoyed it. Stream it. If it's on there, you'll watch it. Borrow it. Oh, you have that movie? I haven't seen that in like 15 years. Forget about it. Okay, I'm, so I'm not seeing that again. so it goes. Like, buy it, bin it, stream and borrow is the level of... How much you enjoy this movie. Bin it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm a buy it. I'm a buy it. And it's kind of funny because I tend to lean towards stream it with this. See, I want to do that because... But every time somebody... own it. Somebody, every time somebody mentions the movie, like, oh, have you seen Evil Dead? Have you seen Army of Darkness? <laughs> okay. And then as soon as I get off the phone, I have to watch the damn movie because <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it, baby. <laughs> buy it, baby. <laughs> yeah, put a little uh, Bruce in there. Uh, okay, so there you go. We, we, uh, C, min or C plus, B minus yep. uh, for this movie. That puts us at a 7.5. It, it ties with uh, Evil Dead 2 for us. Yeah. Uh, so now the next movie we do is 2013's Evil Dead.
Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we will complete the Evil Dead franchise with 2013's Evil Dead for the horror pantheon of films and the franchise pantheon of films. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean and give us a four or five star review. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and follow our Instagram. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching.